appear and the night draws near and the day is past and gone at the river I stand and my feet on my hand take my hand precious Lord Okay. Do you feel good about it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. How's it sound? Nice day. Nice day. Nice day. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's Wait, the idea. Meditative. Delicious. Okay, good. Delicious is perfect. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, yeah, well, there's one that uh, when Ra whatever Rachel's home. Again. She'll be home in, I think, either August or September. All She's right. got a doctor's appointment. All right, we gotta, we gotta do that one. Yeah. Precious Lord. What was that, Dave? Huh? No Jenica today, huh? No Jenica. No Maricel. Maricel's in the oh, valley really today. Yeah. Oh my God, there's so many versions of it. But the one that is almost like how Oh, um, yes, sorry. No, Karen's away with us. I know that my Redeemer is an
I, and there is a link that I sent out for that, right? I think so. I, I thought I saw the link. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you read it? You're practicing it? That one? No. Oh. But that one, all right, Dave, right? Yeah. How'd you feel about it? All right. Okay. It's 10 o'clock. I know. I know. I, folks are getting here later and later. Pretty soon it'll be like uh, 10 30. Yeah.
Good morning, everybody. I am just checking here. We're going to be starting here in a few minutes. Just wanted to say hello. Hello, Hallie, Patricia. It's great to have you guys online and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys this morning. So it's about 1012 right now and we'll get started at 1015. Okay. I'm going to take this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
much everyone come on out to our service here yeah. we're gonna get started i want to welcome our brothers and sisters who are online with us watching it is summertime many disciples are traveling karen has traveled to uh, monterey to encourage a sister up there with uh isabel and uh, maisha nice. so they're up there on the central coast encouraging and strengthening a sister who's uh just moved there there's not a church in that area so they just want to make sure that she's taken care of so it's great to be together, everybody. It's, a, it's an awesome day. It's a special Mission Sunday. So we're very excited about honoring God. And I'm going to talk a little bit today why we give special missions, what's the purpose behind it, and why we should consider giving generously to that cause because of the worldview of the Bible and also uh, fulfilling the mission of Jesus to make disciples in every nation under heaven. Uh, let's pray for our service. We'll have a few songs. I'll do a lesson and then we'll take communion together. 
and then we'll pray for our contribution, and then we'll have some great fellowship. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for uh, bringing us together this morning online and in person. We're so grateful for your mercy and your grace. You truly are a divine heavenly father who cares so much about your creation. That's us, humanity. Uh, we're created uh, creatures, God, and you are a creator. And you, you've given us the ability to feel and the ability to grow and the ability to be aware of ourselves, God, and to know that you deeply care for us and love us. And we, in turn, God, want to love each other. We want to love you and love each other, Father, and deeply love each other and care for each other. Uh, as we see the day approaching one day where Jesus returns and uh, restores earth back to its form with your presence. And we're so thankful for that, God. And we just, uh, we long for your coming. But in the meantime, God, help us to have the greatest impact we can spiritually while we're on earth. It's in Jesus that we pray. Amen. Okay. Let's uh, sing a couple of songs together. Okay. Let's, uh, if you need a book, uh, they're around here somewhere. Um, We've been singing pretty much standards. Uh, so, Lewis, Lewis, come on, come on, buddy, join us. Lewis has some song leading uh, background, song experience. That's the word. Experience. Uh, four six two. Four six two. I know that my redeemer lives. Four six two. I know that my redeemer lives. And um, we'll sing, you know, as a, as, a, as a service to God. We'll sing in worship to God. We'll sing um, uh, meditating on the words and on, um, on the service that is, that, is, that is to be here. I got to stop talking here. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 so... Uh, Oh, everybody ready? Yeah. I know that my Redeemer is and ever prayed for me. I know eternal life begins sin and sorrow free. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life
to those lyrics so I, i've changed it so the first verse is rise up all women of god if you can remember this the second verse rise up all men of god we have men second the third verse is rise up all children of god and then the fourth verse is yeah is kind of insane anyway <laughs> so yeah it's trying to include everybody men men women children everything what a hip idea you like that? Yeah. Alright, Everybody, good morning. morning. Uh, my name is Gio. I serve as the minister here for the Shoreline Church, and uh, there's got to be some welcomes this morning. I'm not sure if you've met uh, Angelica Connor. She's our newest uh, sister that just moved in. She's coming in from the great state of Georgia, Peach State, and she is a mechanical engineer who is now working at the military base. Um, I, I'm trying to press her for secrets, but she's she's not giving me any. So. <laughs> Um, she's working alongside with some other disciples like Dave Chen who are there. And we got many disciples who work at base like uh, other engineers. So if you get a chance, make sure to stop in and say hi to Angelica. It's great to have you here, sis. We're glad and grateful that you're here with us. Uh, also, uh, the OG Shoreline folks have come visited us, and that's the Hoyt family. Yeah. They're the OGs. Oh, a long time, many, many decades, some say centuries. I'm just going to stick with decades. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so it's great to have you guys here. It's great to be together. Obviously, we've welcomed Jordan Snow back into our fellowship. She's graduated from the University of Santa Barbara with a bio degree. 
lot to be excited about, a lot to be thankful for. Also want to welcome Nick and Chinway Black. Where are they at? They're right here. Boom, boom, boom. They're coming in from Turning Point. They moved locally, so, you know, we go way back. And uh, Chinway is an extraordinary singer. I'm just throwing it out there for everybody to know that. Uh, she's a great Christian. Nick's an amazing man. They got a, they got a bunch of kids over there, and they're having a good time. That's what it's about. It's about, you know, raising our families, loving God, loving each other. Today's a very uh, important day for all the world, for all the, for all the ministries and the churches of Christ. You'll hear this phrase being uttered, special missions contribution. And you may be giving it for 30 years like a, just a, hey, I'm just going to give. I, I kind of understand what it means. I know we're trying to go everywhere in the world. But what does it mean biblically to be in all nations? Why did Jesus say when he resurrected, why did he use the words, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me? Why did he say that? Why did he use that phrase? Look at me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. My title of my lessons is, is, is today is, what does the Bible say about the powers of darkness? You know, we, you know, we get sanitized a lot in our, in our world with computers and technology, and the supernatural world has gone away in our eyes. We don't even think it even exists anymore. It's a fairy tale, some people say. But you get movies that give you a little hint. Remember Star Wars? Yeah. The dark side of the force. Yeah. There's good and evil, right? Remember uh, Matrix? Is this real? There's another, there's another world out there that Neo discovers. There's another world there. It's the real world, right? What about Stranger Things? <laughs> the upside down, right? The other side. So sometimes you come into shows or movies that give you a little idea of what it's like in the supernatural. It's there. It's real. And we know it's real because we know the Bible speaks the truth. In Ephesians 6, look what Paul writes here to the church. He warns them because they're bickering. And they're arguing. And in verse 12, he says, look, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Your brothers and sisters are not your struggle. If your marriage is struggling, that's not the real battle there. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. That's cosmos rulers. Against the authorities, not your local mayor. These are supernatural authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There's a realm that we don't see. We see our earthly realm. We see each other. But there is a supernatural realm that's all around us. And the Bible speaks to it all the time. But if we don't pay attention, we just don't think about it. In Matthew 28, turn there with me. Jesus, he has died and he resurrects and he comes back and he meets the sisters. Amen, sisters. First people to meet Jesus, the resurrection. The guys are discouraged and doubting, right? So Jesus shows up. He comes out of his resurrected state. He's dead for three days. He comes back to life. And he says to his disciples, go into all the nations. And make disciples and teach them to obey what I have taught you. Why does Jesus say that? Why is it so important 
for his mission and his message to go into all the nations. One answer is, on the surface, is fulfilling the promise of Abraham. That's true. That's part of it. You know, Abraham was told by God that all nations will be blessed through you. Like, I'm picking you. I'm going to start a nation of Israel with you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you and Sarah's son in your old age. But all nations that I have turned away from, they'll have a way back in. But it's only going to be through you, Abraham, and your descendants. And you, sitting here as a disciple, are a descendant of Abraham because you've made Jesus Lord of your life. So you are the descendants of Abraham. But there's more to the accounts. There's more in the Bible when you read it. I spent a, I spent a lot of time in the Old Testament because for many, many years, I was just confused, to be honest, when I was the minister. I was confused. What is, what is happening? What is going on? These are, what do these stories mean? Why are they here? So I went on a long journey just sitting at the feet of scholarships and scholars and learning what the Bible's trying to express. And many times it gets diluted by preachers because sometimes this stuff is kind of, it's kind of boring to hear a little bit sometimes, but it's exciting and it's real. I always tell people, if you like blood, violence, if you like, uh, if you like sexual uh, things, read your Bible. It's all in there and it's in there for a reason to lead us to the light, to lead us to God. So I'm going to give you a background. Look in your Bibles in Genesis chapter 11. At its core, there is a divine rebellion that occurs. Divine rebellion is God it is a God in the cosmos, in the, in, the, in, the, in the spiritual realm. But he has people just like he has us. He made humanity, but he also had helpers and, and creatures and divine beings that he would rule the cosmos with. You might heard of some of these names. Some of them are called angels. Others are called cherubim, seraphim. Others are called sons of God. These are spiritual beings that God works with to run the world. God loves to work with his creation. And in Genesis 11, there's a defection. Something sinister happens. The sons of Noah after the flood are, are told to go and multiply and spread out through the entire earth. Go and multiply, have families, and spread out because I want the earth to be filled with humanity. And in Genesis chapter 10, please, just go, and since you're at 11, just flip to Genesis 10, one page back, and you will see that the sons of Noah multiplied, and now they are listed as nations in that. That's why it's in the Bible. That page is important because it's telling you that the sons of Noah we're producing and multiplying. But the Tower of Babel gives us what actually is occurring. Look with me in Genesis chapter 11. If you go back and look at Genesis 10, Israel's not in there. Because it's not made yet. They, weren't, they didn't exist yet. God is still the God of all humanity. And so the sons of Noah, they multiply, but they are not spreading out. They're going, no, we're not going to do that, God. And so here's the account in Genesis 11. You've read this story many times, but now I'm going to give you its meaning. In verse 1, now the whole earth had one language and the same word. That's kind of cool. I was just in Norway. I couldn't understand half the people. <laughs> I, I learned a phrase there, Ardugla. That means, are you happy? 
So I learned that on Duolingo on the way down there. So I was like, Ardugla, Ardugla, Ardugla. And they, they realized after that, I, I knew no Norwegian. <laughs> they knew it. And the people migrated from the east and found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had their bricks for stone and they had tar for mortar. And then they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower whose top reaches the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. Least we be scattered over the face of the earth. God says to go throughout the earth and they're going, no, we don't want to be scattered. And then Yahweh comes down to see the city and the tower that mankind had, was building. And Yahweh said out loud, pay attention to who we might be, might be talking to. Yahweh came down and said, behold, they are one people with one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. So now nothing that they intend to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So God singular scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And they stopped building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel. For there Yahweh, God, confused the language of the whole earth. And Yahweh, God, scattered them over the face of the earth. God was not talking to Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Because if you're co-eternal, you ain't going to have to pass on. Because you already know. So it's not Jesus or the Holy Spirit. He's talking, he's talking to a divine council. He's talking to his creation in heaven. Hey, guys, I want to include you in here. See what's going on down there? Mankind is rebelling. They're in rebellion. They want to go into the spiritual realm, and God wants them to scatter on the earth. And so we're going to confuse their language, and that's exactly what they do. God has people in his court. You know, you hear the word assembly in the Bible, council in the Bible. It's the angels. It's the sons of God. It's the lords, it's the princes. Because the Bible speaks of a divine council that God runs and rules the spiritual world in. And we get, a, we get a better understanding of the Tower of Babel because everyone has their own language. They start to become their own nations. And the Bible tells us exactly what God is doing. He's disciplining mankind for rebelling against them. And in, Gen and in Deuteronomy 32, let's turn there with me. Moses is telling the second generation of kids who grew up and watched their faithless parents not believe God and take the promised land. So they, they get older. They're in their 20s. And Moses explains to them why they're taking the promised land. And he gives us an insight into what happened at the Tower of Babel. In Deuteronomy 32, it goes into detail why humanity was scattered, and it begins to give us the idea of the emergence of other nations and why there are other nations in the Bible. When the Most High, in verse 8, when God gave to the nations their inheritance, so God gave the nations a gift, an inheritance, something. When he divided mankind, when, when did he do that? Tower of Babel. When he fixed the borders of people, when did he do that? Tower of Babel. According to the number of the sons of God, your translation might say it's Israel. But if you look in the footnote, the Dead Sea manuscripts, 
and the other manuscripts tell us it's the sons of God. They were divine beings that God had paired the nations with. And verse 9, but God's portion is Israel because he made a new nation. So after the Tower of Babel, the next chapter in chapter 12, God calls Abraham and says, I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people and you're going to be Israel. What, what about the rest of humanity? God gives them an inheritance too. He pairs them up with divine beings called the sons of God. And he, they, they're supposed to be the champions for the nations because God is saying, I'm going to start with Abraham and I'm going to disassociate myself with the rest of humanity, but I'm going to take care of them and give them my sons to administer, govern, and rule over them while I start new with Abraham. That's what's happening. And that's why these nations emerge. The Old Testament gives us God's strict language to the Israelites. Do not worship other gods. Do not worship the stars and the moon. Be very careful. You're my inheritance. There for the other people. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, if you turn there with me, this passage supports the idea that I'm saying about God and these nations. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 19, there's a reference to the nations and a reference to their gods, lowercase g. And in verse 19, it says, and to do this, to go into the promised land as you go in, do not lift your eyes toward the heavens and observe the sun and the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven and be led astray and bow down to them, to them and serve them. Things that Yahweh, your God, has allotted, given to the rest of the people under, under the earth. But God has taken you and brought you out from the furnace of iron from Egypt to be people of inheritance to him. God is like, you're my people. Those other people belong to my sons over there. They're separate from you. I am going to start with you, Abraham. And you're the key to saving everybody. So that's the backdrop of why there's nations in the Bible. That's when you read about these gods of Egypt. These gods of these nations, the gods of Moab and Amorites and, you know, and, and Hittites and Jebusites. Now, you know, they're God's sons who are there. But something terrible happened. Something awful happened. God warns them not to worship anyone but him. And in Deuteronomy 29, he tells them why. Look there for a moment with, with me. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 21. Again, he's admonishing the generations because he knows that after their, that after generation, generation, they have to repeat the story. You got to keep telling everybody what's happening. So in verse 21, generations will later ask the children who succeed you, those kids over there who succeed us and foreigners who come from distant lands and they see the plagues and diseases that the Lord has inflicted upon the land, its soil, devastated by sulfur and salt beyond sowing and producing no grass growing in it just the upheaval like Sodom and Gomorrah Adma and Zeboim which the Lord overthrew in his fierce anger and all these nations will ask why did the Lord do this to this land 
Wherefore that awful wrath? They, they, they will be told because they forsook the covenant the Lord God of their fathers made with them when he freed them from the land of Egypt. They turned to the service of other gods and they worshiped them. Gods whom they have not experienced and whom he had not allotted to them. God has warned the Israelites, don't you dare worship another God that I made. Those are my sons. I made them. Don't you dare worship them. And what do the Israelites do? They get seduced by the gods. And they seduce Israel. That's why in the New Testament, idolatry is condemned. Because it's so attractive. It's so luring to be idolatrous. And to, what it means to be idolatrous in the Bible is that you're breaking your covenant with God and pursuing something else. That's what it means. It's breaking the covenant. You, you said, I'm a disciple of Jesus. And then you go and you, 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 be, you, you, you start to give your heart to things that are created. It could be anything. Money, relationships. It could be anything that's created. It, it takes our heart away. So God is saying, as God, if you're God's people, don't you dare do that. Because he's a jealous God. Right? Think about your marriage. You don't want your spouse being involved with somebody else. That doesn't fire anybody up, right? <laughs> right? No People die for that stuff, right? Yeah. Right? Because it's jealousy. It's the same relationship. So God is explaining <laughs> his background. Yeah, and God's judgment is harsh with the, with the other humanity, but it's not final. It's just discipline. Because later it's going to reap a harvest of righteousness. That's what Paul says in Hebrew. It's discipline, but it's not final. So at Babel, God severs the relationships with himself and humanity. And he starts with Abraham to make a new nation. And we're those descendants. So at some point, God's sons, who he championed over these nations. So we said, I'm going to put you in charge of these nations. You're going to administer and govern justice and righteousness on my behalf. I'm giving you these nations to you. It's kind of like when you lead a family group, right? You ever led a family group or led, a, led, lead people? God's entrusting you to take care of God's people. So when you decide to serve or lead a group, God's entrusting you to take care of your people, to guide them back to God. But something terrible happens. It exposed something in the hearts of these created supernatural beings. God delegated authority to these beings. Psalm 82 describes the story of what happens. Please turn there with me. He leaves his subordinates to rule according to his will. God does that with the church. I serve under God's will. You serve under God's will. God loves doing that. But he, God allows me to think and, and, and have freedom of thought and try things. God gives me the freedom to do that. I'm not a robot, and neither are these beings. They're not robots. They have a choice. They're smart. They're intelligent. God allows me to think through things and process and help lead the church and serve the church. But I'm supposed to lead you guys to him. Not to me. To him. You follow him. 
I just serve in this little role. I wear this little hat called the minister hat. I'm a disciple, and this hat comes off. Right? So in Psalm 82, there's a council meeting. He's sitting down, and God is obviously not happy. In verse 1, it says, God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. How long? This is the accusation. This is what's happening. How long will you judge unjustly? And how long will you show partiality to wickedness? Give justice to the weak. Give justice to the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. Rescue the weak. Rescue the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. That's what you, what you were supposed to do when I delegated authority to you to champion these other nations. Well, I started with Abraham. And they did the opposite. And so he says in verse 5, the gods have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. The world is thrown into chaos. And we can see some of it now. The world's in chaos. It's being created. Nations attack nations. Wars. People die. Because people want treasure and money. And then in verse 6. You are gods. His creation. You're sons of the most high. All of you. Nevertheless. You shall die like men. And fall like any prince. Their punishment. Was that they would no longer be divine. They're going to die just like a human. And in verse 8. It says, arise, O God. This is the psalmist screaming out. God, judge the earth, and you inherit all the nations. God, take all the nations back. It's too chaotic. This world is insane. Take the world back, God. Judge the earth. Take all the nations for yourself again. And the key word there is arise. In Hebrew, it's translated to the Greek. In the Greek, it says it's resurrection. Gives you a little idea how God is going to reclaim the nations. That word arise from the Hebrew to the Greek is resurrection. Turn with me now to Matthew 28. Now we know why Jesus resurrects from the dead and why he says what he says to all of us. He says all authority. Because God had delegated authority to the sons of God. He goes, now all authority has been given to me. I have the authority. God has taken it away from the sons of God and given it to me. Now, my followers, now go and make disciples and go into all the nations. You're allowed to go into every nation now because I have the authority, not them. That's why he says that. That's why as a disciple, we should be thinking about not just our home church, but all over the world. You know, this morning, Liv got dropped off to the airport to go into the nations. Liv Valdez. 
She's a part of a, a project that's going to do some ministering out in Sweden and the Baltics and in Finland. She's going into the nations. It's awesome. You should take a trip to the nations and see what's out there. But that's why Jesus says that. He says, go into all the nations because I have the authority. I resurrected. And see, the see the gods got faked out. When Jesus came on the earth, they were going, what are you doing here, Jesus? When was the last time Jesus was on earth? God was on earth in the Bible. Eden. God was on the earth. And now Jesus comes back. They're going like, what is he doing here? That's why the devil meets him in the wilderness. Hey, man, well, if you fall down here, won't the angels catch you? Because do you want to know one thing? Is he killable? Can I kill Jesus? That's why I asked that question. Well, if you jump from the tower and land, the angels will catch you. Obviously, he's like, don't test God. Give him the answer. So Jesus comes back to earth to start Eden. And the gods are like, What's, what are you up to? What are you doing here? What do you want? Oh, he's killable. He's in human form. He could die. And so their goal was to kill Jesus, to stop this idea of Eden. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, if the rulers and the authorities and the powers knew that killing Jesus would take away their power, they never would have done it. See, Jesus needed them to kill him, but they didn't know that. That was the plan to unlock freedom for every human being to pursue God in every nation. That was the plan. That's why it's so important this morning to think about being a disciple, to think about all nations. As you give your special contribution this morning or today, pray about these things because these funds have people attached to them and work that's attached to them and families and, and, and men and women have the opportunity to hear the gospel, not just here in Shoreline, but not just here in the, in the geographic area of the Pacific Southwest, but also to the ends of the earth, to Norway, to Baltics, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia. That's our area. So as you pray about it today and we take our communion, I hope that you can understand God's heart and the storyline of why he says, go into all the nations. Go and rescue humanity from the gods who abuse them and rule over them. I'm now an authority. Go rescue my people. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just giving us Jesus. And the fact that he came to earth and died for us and resurrected is all part of your plan to restore us to you and restore one day the earth back to Eden. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. God, fill our hearts with gratitude. Fill us with generosity, God. Help us to put away anything that we can, that could be idolatrous to you and offend you, God. We don't want to offend you. Help us to remove our idols that are in our hearts. Take them away, God, as we focus on you and only you, because you are the, the God among the gods. You are the greatest of the gods. And we're so thankful that 
you've decided to be in a relationship with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I'm tired, I'm weak, and I'm through the storm, through the night, lead me on. Precious name, precious Lord, lead me home. When my way was dreary, precious Lord, linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry. Hear Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the shadows appear and the night draws near and the day is past and gone at the river. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me Um, you may be wondering, well, how do I give? I'm stirred. My heart is stirred by Noble Fame, Psalm 46. You're stirred when you're going, oh my gosh, how do I give? Okay, you can go to our website, shorelinecoc.com. It's a little give button there. And then it, it leads you to another platform. 
And there's three there's three buckets. You can give to Hope there, give to Shoreline Church, and also special missions. Uh, Shore, it's called Shoreline Missions, and that goes to the the, the three uh, the, the three areas of uh, uh, special missions is fifteen uh, percent goes to the Ukrainians disciples who are in who are in Latvia. Uh, another fifteen percent goes to the local work Pacific Southwest. Uh, Merced has been planted, so we're funding that that planting, which is awesome. They planted Reno and they planted San Luis Obispo, so awesome work being done there. Forty uh, percent goes to the Baltic Nordic uh, churches like like Latvia, Lithuania. Estonia and uh, Norway and Sweden, and then the, the remaining 30% stays right here in Jerusalem. We, we can hire our own ministry staff here and work uh, in our local area, the Jerusalem Church, is what I call it, to Judea and the ends of the earth. So let's pray for our contribution and thank you so much for being generous. God bless this uh, funds, God. May these funds reach the hearts of humanity uh, through through money, through people through plans that you help lead us, God, to seeing more and more of the nations being brought back to you, God. They're your inheritance now. They all belong to you. And we're so thankful for that and grateful. Uh, give us a, a great spirit today as we donate, Father, and help us to remember that um, you're while we're here. So Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Okay, that concludes our our fellowship. I just want to leave you one announcement. We still are looking for children's ministry volunteers. So we're looking for two of them. So uh, please uh, think about that. Those beautiful, awesome little kids over there. They need teachers. They need teachers. And they're, it's awesome. If you're a parent and you have little kids, it's good motivation to get in there with your kids and teach a little bit. Uh, my kids adored Jackie and Tom and many others, but they always seem to have they always end up being my kids' teacher, and they always remember what you've done for them. So they're like, oh, checking it out. I remember them. I love them. So I just, it just, they just remember you. It's an impact. Um, so please think about that and enjoy the great fellowship among you. That concludes our service. Thank you so much. All right. Thank All right, brothers and sisters, that was quite an adventure. The Bible, the Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel, what the real meaning of the Tower of Babel is, the, the dividing of the nations and God's allotting them his sons to rule. And these are disciples who came visiting that may have heard that for the first time, the, the Tower of Babel story. And it's, it's, it's meaning not just on earth, but divine, the supernatural. And I just want to say hi to Lucia. And Raul and Richard Pinuelas and Shelly and Shelly. There's two Shelly's on here. Haskell and Jones. Be praying for uh, Shelly Jones. She's uh, in cancer treatment. Be praying for her recovery. So that was kind of the idea of the Tower of Babel. That's the theology behind why there are these other nations in Genesis 10. And Israel's not in there because it hasn't started yet. But the sons of Noah did not spread out. They decided to build a tower. And, and disobey God. And, and part of that discipline God gives them, he delegates his sons of gods to rule over them and disperse them through language. And so those, those become the emerging nations of the Bible. And there's 70 of them. Now, just to give you a little extra, extra little New Testament theology with that, this is why Jesus sends out in Luke 10, he sends them out, he sends out 70 
Some of your manuscripts might might say 72, but that's because in Genesis 10, the, they split the, the nations into two pieces. So and the numbers are 72. But he sends them out 70 disciples. He sends them out because he's signaling back to Genesis 10 that all the nations are under my dominion now. I'm going to take back the nations. So it's in that little, little indicator there for us when you read that word 70, the number 70. It wasn't a random number. Jesus is doing that on purpose. And the writers are writing that down on purpose to remind the Jews that God is here for all the nations. And so um, that's a little bit of an extra, extra little insight into the New Testament as you uh, understand that. I didn't want to go too long on the sermon because, you know, 25 minutes is a long time for people's attention span. So I try not to go too long. But there's much more things involved in these things as information and biblical theology. But I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of that. The word that number 70 is in the New Testament and Jesus is um, going there reclaiming. He's telegraphing. I've come for the nations. I've come to claim them. So um, and that's and that's what special missions is about. That's why we go into all the nations. That's why we do that, because um, it's his inheritance now. He resurrected and he wants all the nations to be reclaimed and he will do that through us. So we work alongside God. God gives us delegated authority to go and not to fight against the sons of God, but just to go share the gospel. We're not, we're not called to interact or engage with the spiritual forces of darkness. Those guys are, those guys are very scary. Hey, this is Layla. She, she's my friend. Layla is my friend. <laughs> she's my, she's going to be taller, taller than me in about two years. Her dad's six, eight and her mom's six foot one. But, uh, Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that, that, uh, that background. If you got any questions, just send me an email, um, and I, I, can, I can respond with a phone call or whatnot to, to give you guys more of a biblical understanding of what we discussed today. So, so yeah, so thanks for being here, and thanks for joining us. We love you guys. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So. How, how was it? We're doing live I interview. Have some questions, live so interview. Live, I do question. Have some live question. Live question. So, my live question first live was question. I was thrown, and I definitely want to dig deeper. I was thrown because I didn't realize there were other sons of God because it's says his only begotten son. So, I was like, mm -hmm. I need to get into this, mm -hmm. you know? And then there was another one I wish I'd written down. It came up in your message, and I thought, oh, you know, so, I so, so these sons of God are yeah. in heaven. And they rebel. Yeah. Guess what Jesus calls his followers in Galatians 3? What? Sons of God. He calls his own followers. We're sons, we're okay. sons and daughters of God. Yes. Okay. I have so in, 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 in the theology is that we replace them. Because they're, they're in rebellion and they're never going to make it back. So he calls us the sons of God because Jesus is not just our God. He's not just our God, but he's our brother. Yes. He exactly. says we're, we're siblings. Right. So we have this. This title called Sons of God or Daughters of God, oh my God. in the New Testament. Yes. That's so powerful because... And yes. to give you a little, a little extra, when Jesus says go out, go out, uh, he sends 70 disciples out. 70. Oh, the 70, 70. That's referring to Genesis 10, the 70 nations. Oh my he's God. saying, I've come for all the nations. So he's signaling to, to the, any Jew who would, who would know that, any Jewish person would 70, that's the Genesis 10, all the nations of Genesis. So he's signaling to everyone, I, I'm announcing my kingdom i've come for all the nations oh, that's my fault uh, okay yeah you're, you're I was, both 
Yeah, sorry. Exciting times. Connie Dorner, our amazing teacher in children's ministry. You too can be pretty cool like her to serve in children's ministry. That's right. You too. Come on, bring it. Very, very much. You're welcome. Another live question. This is like, this is like, this is like, man on the street. Like, man on the street. I have not heard this before i'm sure maybe a lot of people have or haven't i don't know so okay so just so i'm not confused okay so you said so god divided obviously divided up the nations okay? the language is right so he appointed gods to govern those particular nations okay are those gods the gods that we know as like Baal and all those gods or they okay. Are. No, no. No one really. No one. No, no one knows that okay. the gods of Baal. Okay, Baal so is it? Baal is it? Baal was like our god in Canaanite. Okay. He was okay. like Yahweh to them. Okay. Okay. God. He was god. like this famous god, and the Bible always, always, always makes fun of Baal. That, right. Uh, so that's why I was confused. Right. I was like, well, he didn't. So right. those gods aren't like the, the heavenly beings that he appointed over. They may not be, okay. but there are heavenly beings that. That were that were all good at one point. They were very good and right. loyal to God. Right. And God goes, "I'm going to put you in charge of this nation. You're the champion." That's why in Daniel, in, in the book of Daniel, yeah. You know, uh, Daniel's praying, and then the spiritual being shows up. Daniel, we heard your prayers, bro. You're faithful. Uh, I got I got I got held up for 23 days because I was fighting the prince of Persia. He was fighting a spiritual being. I got delayed. I, I could have got here earlier, but I was. I got held up by another spiritual being. Right, right. But right. well, even in Jacob, when Jacob wrestles with that man, mm -hmm. that was the spiritual being. Like, because it's correct. Not Some say that it could have been Jesus. Right. Yeah. Because it says he wrestled with God. With God. Yeah. Because then it says first it says a man, but then like yeah. And the other thing it goes. In the you got to remember, God, 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 God always shows up in the Old Testament as a, as a human figure. Yeah. Remember Abraham yeah. and three visitors. Right. And Sarah yeah. laughs in the tent. You're gonna have a baby. He's like, they're all like, that's God in in, in human form speaking yeah. to, to abraham yeah. uh when god comes to abraham and says look i'm going to show you let's go outside the tent for a second yeah. and let's look at the stars yeah. if you notice the language god's inside the tent with them like, let's go outside and look up yes. so he's in yes. human form yes. so so god gives authority to his spiritual sons yeah. in heaven yeah. to govern these nations for him that is so cool yeah very and cool I never, I love very cool that's why Paul calls them rulers, yeah. authorities yeah. in the heavenly realms. Because those, those words are like cosmos rulers, uh, world rulers. They're not some like little demons. These are right. these are significant beings. Yeah. And so Paul recognizes them because he knows his Old Testament. Mm -hmm. That's why Paul in Acts 17 says, when God, you know, when what's that, Acts 17? Yeah, 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 yeah. When he, he tells a story about from one, from one nation, he made many nations. Yeah, yeah. Paul's telling the story of like, Hey, I understand so you got you, you Romans. You have other gods. God yeah. made many nations, and there are gods out there. Yes, but God is the one true God. He's trying to tell. I understand your worldview. It's the same as mine. There are many gods, but there's only one God of all the gods, and He's saying that's Yahweh. And so they go. It's very interesting what you said, Paul. Oh my goodness. So I like the part where Satan tries to figure out why he's on earth. Yeah. He's like, he's fishing for answers. Like, oh, what's that going was, on, Jesus? He goes, Are you, oh, you're too. killable. He goes, he goes, you're killable. That's when they decide, oh, we can kill him to get rid of him. But that's exactly oh, what God wanted. God needed to be, be a death. And so there will be a resurrection, the arise of God. I don't have any 
Man on the street. This is it. It's a great question. Super cool. Very great question. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you. This man on the street, guys. This man on the street. He's fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey guys, how are you? Oh my gosh, we got disciples online. Just giving them a little flavor of the fellowship. A little flavor of the fellowship. Let's go. We got our bride to be right here on July 23rd, right there. Got a new graduate bio degree. It's not easy, folks. That's dedication. And we got our main man, our preacher, our campus shepherd, the donut eating. That's where I come from the donuts. Yeah. We got two throwback old school brothers right here and a mighty son. Old. Old throwback. Back and, the, and the new generation we're, we're, we're right like here. wine, though. We're, yeah. We get better we're with these. Wine, you know? Yeah. And there's the new generation right here. The new yeah. generation. Yeah. Yeah. The new generation. Like, we were roommates we when we were in our 20s. Wow. Right? And then when I got married, he got kicked out. Yeah. I'm not going to hate Rightly so. Rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can't leave on the couch Rightly so, rightly so. All right, all right. Just some extra fellowship. There's Hannah and Janelle. Hello. There's Yosh. Hey. There's our newest sister, Angelica. Connor. Hi. And there's Lynn. She's come back home. Maybe. Let's see. Baby. Hopefully, I hope it's all up to Gia. I can only hope and pray. I can only hope and pray. I'm doing man on the street right now, guys. Just a man on the street. Just, just fellowship and people online. So I just took a little extra fellowship here. That's awesome. Okay. Any wise words from the engineer to the to the disciples here? No wise words. No wise words. She can fix things though. She's mechanical engineering. So I can try to. I can try. <laughs> Good. What'd you learn today in the lesson? That was probably new for you. I understand now why my heart is always drawn to mission. I The missions. I gave us a Bible worldview of why missions are important. Why missions are not just local, but Everywhere. into all the nations. Mm -hmm. Josh went to Josh went to Norway when he was a when he was a younger man. We sent him to Norway for a summer. And, and now Liv Livy's going there for two weeks. I know. We were. I was talking to her about it. I yeah. Was prepping her so, yeah. 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 <laughs> he was there for three months. Yeah. Awesome. yeah he and there. you liked it? Uh, yeah. In Norway? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like it. It's, I mean, I like here better, but I like I, li I like it. I mean, I like Norway. But Norway yeah. is awesome. You know, it's awesome. It it's, it's, it's an awesome time. It the disciples beautiful. there are amazing. Oh They're amazing. It's one of the most beautiful places I've visited. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sounds pretty. Like it's super cold. All right, guys, we're gonna say goodbye. I love you guys. There was um, we took a road trip from one of the cities to another.